Hi there. Uh, welcome to my beautiful home here at the Bristol Old Vic. This is what we've been spending your Kickstarter money on. I mean, in a way, it was a waste of time. Uh, not really. Welcome to another Rahalastapa. Uh, this one with the fantastic Russell Howard. And uh, we're on tour at the moment. If you would like to come and see us, then look at richardherring.com slash gigs or rahalastapa.co.uk slash gigs. And you can find out where we're going, going and who's going to be on. We've got fantastic guests like Sarah Pascoe, Grayson Perry, Limmy. Fantastic people coming up. So do come along if you can. Uh, we've also got the Kickstarter going. It's uh, getting close to the target. We really need more than the target if we're going to carry on filming all of these shows. And um, go to rallisper.co.uk slash Kickstarter. The cameraman just bumped into a table and it made me laugh. That's, that's all that's happening there. There's some fantastic rewards. Uh, we've got these trump cards that you can uh, play a full game of trumps with, with my favorite guests. Uh, stickers, badges, T-shirts, the lot. It's going to be amazing. Please support us if you can, because if we don't hit that target, we get nothing. Now let's sit back, relax, and enjoy Raha Lastapa with Russell Howard. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to King's Place. Please welcome a man who dresses like this all the time. I don't know what you're talking about. It's Richard Herring. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Love to be here. Thank you very much. Welcome to Richard Herring's Lessening Sexual Tension podcast. Um, it's just trying to get... There's a lot of sexual tension in my podcast. I'm just trying to take it down notch by notch. Why have I started with this guy first? Oh, no. It's going to be full of sexual tension. He was asking me to kiss his ears backstage. We'll get on to that. Although I was hanging out at King's Cross Station. Uh, just now. I'm just in the queue to get my photo taken at platform nine and three quarters. I love it. <laughs> and a 35-year-old man in a Hogwarts scarf eating Bertie Bott's beans <laughs> told me he calls it Rahalastapas. So I don't know if that's going to catch on. Um, it's a very poor... I, I actually went on TripAdvisor to see what people said about the... Uh, have you seen this platform nine and three quarters? It's there. There's a trolley. It's hilarious. Uh, I can see why people would queue up for two hours to get there. I would... <laughs> I went to TripAdvisor to look and see what people said about this. Now, A, you know, if you're going to go to that thing, don't go on TripAdvisor and admit that you've been there. But B, not really worth reviewing, is it? But uh, someone said, this is a poor rendering of Platform 9 and 3 quarters. <laughs> it's nowhere near Platform 9 or 10. <laughs> and presume when you run at it, you don't go through to a magical land either. Imagine going to that, going there and then writing about it. She'd come from America to see it. People queue up for two hours. Anyone been? Oh, idiots. Just go. It's £10 a photo, apparently, so don't go. Uh, but uh, great to be back in London. Um, actually, also, uh, Platform 9 of King's Cross Station is where Queen Bodicea is uh, buried. So, you know, maybe go and look at that. That's all I would say. That's, that's something actual, some real history. Go and try and find her. Dig her up, you'll make a fortune. So, um... Uh, <laughs> It's good to be back in London. I've been out doing these uh, gigs in the provinces and it's not nice out there. So it's, it's nice to be... I, I put on a brave face. I pretended I enjoyed it, but it was a very unpleasant experience for me. And, uh, uh, I've been, I'll tell you a few things that have been going on. Uh, I, uh, I've had the locks changed at my house. Just, it's not nothing bad's happened, but having that job done, realising the ease with which a locksmith can gain access to a locked house 
makes me wonder if any other profession is so clearly demonstrates its own redundancy. I'm not sure it does. So I'm going to maybe ask that as an emergency question. Uh, another emergency question I've got, coming off the back of Twitter really recently, is do you gradually become racist or do you wake up one morning and it's all in one go? That's, that's the... <laughs> seems a lot of older celebrities just... I hope it's all in one go, but it'd be, it'd be a shame to sort of know that it's happening and... Looking forward to the day that I'm kicked off Twitter anyway. Uh, and, um, hey, that might be all I've got for you now. I felt like I had loads more. Uh, but, uh, look, we've got a fantastic guest for you. If he has returned, he's going to get himself a Diet Coke. Hopefully he's got it in time. Uh, he was last on uh, Listopur. Uh, did I do it before? Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, he caught you in 2012. It was seven years ago. I can't believe it's passed so quickly. He's grown up so quickly, this little boy. Uh, he's probably best known as the teacup sick boy. Uh, that's just what he was called at school. Uh, and for, I must have done no research for him last time because I was surprised by so many things about him this time. So it's got a lot more professional, this podcast, in the last seven years. Andy, you, you probably are here because he used to play for Basingstoke Town FC, and that is in midfield, and that is probably why you are here now. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Russell Howard! Come in, sit down. Hello. Could have dressed up, mate. Could have dressed, could have dressed up a bit. Dressed, you look absolutely dressed, delightful. Could have dressed up a bit. Yeah, you look like a football agent. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I didn't know you were that good at football. Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, but you, you played like... Is, that, is it semi-professional, Basingstoke Town? I played for Basingstoke Town Reserves. Oh, did you? So, <laughs> nice, yeah. <laughs> and I was incredibly proud of myself at yeah. the time. But, yeah, the more you think about it... I wasn't very good. I'm good. Well, you were, what, 16 or something, were you? When yeah, you I was... I'm, so you I'm could a, have progressed I'm, onwards? I'm the best comedian footballer in the world. Yeah. <laughs> but that doesn't really mean anything. So we play football in Crystal Palace every Tuesday um, with all the comedians, and it's amazing. Like, Noel Fielding, very good. Yeah. And he doesn't look like... Like, you'd imagine he would sort of pick the ball up and start painting on it. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And start, like, sort of swirling around. But he's a horrible footballer, Isn't and it he? makes me like him even more. He's really like put in, <laughs> you know. There's no hint of baking cakes with him. He's a nasty, nasty thug. Omid <laughs> <laughs> Jalili, very good at football. Yeah. Yeah, sort of, you know, like a little disco potato. Um, uh, Dan, Daniel Kitson, very good at football. Um, you've never played. I've not. But I played once in. Um... Melbourne, when the, the comedians were all playing together, I played then. One this sounds very weird. It does, yeah. I wonder if it's going to settle, do you think? I don't think so. I mean, listen, this isn't my game. Yeah. Um, We've gone for radio mics for the first time. Yeah. And, you know, we were worried about it. And it, <laughs> and it feels like it's sort of playing back. Yeah. And imagine if we have to repeat this gold. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as everyone else is happy, it might just sound weird up here because there might be... Fold, sometimes there's fold back on the stage, isn't it? Yeah. Does it sound right where you are? Or does it sound weird? That lady says it was weird, but that it's might just weird. be the general vibe. It's weird because I'm, I'm wearing a suit, isn't it? It's put, it's put you off. Oh, I've just seen the inlay of that. Yeah. Look at that. Ooh. Why not? Is that? <laughs> it picks up the purple. There's a little bit of purple in there. So. You. It really makes you look fantastic. Thank you. Your hair looks lovely. Thank you. Yeah. You're right to arm, Adam. I had a little bit too much. I've got some hair gel just before I came on, but I squeezed a bit too much into yeah. my hand and then I had to decide whether I was going to dispose of it or get it all in my hair. I'm really glad you cleared that up. <laughs> and because, it, all, it all went in. Because you came back into the green with, with sticky hands. <laughs> and everyone, well, everyone's got a pre-show ritual. 
But I did, I thought, I thought, is he one of those guys? Because you look like you might be a pre-gig. <laughs> and fair enough, you know? I couldn't get that much out of it. To oh, right. it's like 52. <laughs> it was, but it is very... Uh, what are your pre-gig rituals? Do you have I any? I don't really have any, really. Do yeah. you? Are you quite superstitious? Or uh, I have a thing, yeah, I sort of do this little weird movement. Um, I have to touch a piece of wood and I have to have a poo. Okay. And, and because it. you've touched the wood, or because is that? Just... No, it's just this weird thing. I always have to touch. I mean, this gig's fantastic for me. Yeah. Um, because... <laughs> yeah, because feels... you're in the chair. Can't you? Exactly. <laughs> well, this is the. So Richard asked me before we started whether I'd ever shit myself in a gym. Yeah. And uh, you know, uh, most people say hello, um, <laughs> and I and I hadn't, and you were surprised by that. Yeah, very surprised. Mm. And I didn't ask you whether you'd had a... Well, you know, I'm not saying whether I have or not. Oh. It was about whether you've had a shit in the shower. I'll tell you why I asked the question and why... Because why, I once did... Oh. I had diarrhoea once in right. the gym and... And really? kind of thought... I think I thought I'd get away with it in the shower rather than it... <laughs> and, uh, like, you know, you wee in the shower, obviously. That's yeah. a given. Sure. Um, but I try, you but know, you, but I, you, I like point, should point out because the world's changed. You're weighing into your, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you're not just sort of peeing into other no, showers. No. And again, I can't get it over them. When I was six, I'd have been able to get it over into the next one. Mm. But now, very much, and maybe under, sometimes yeah. a little gap underneath. Uh, so yeah, a little. But I did a little poo, <laughs> and um, <laughs> even with diarrhea, it was quite hard to get down the uh, <laughs> get down the old uh, pipe. Thing. Yep. Yeah. No, I guess they didn't really design him for that. So, um... <laughs> that's why I asked that question. Uh, so, what's the teacup sick boy? You did explain that to me backstage, because you brought it up yourself backstage. So, I was, um, I brought it up. Nice. Um, <laughs> I was on a teacup ride. Do you know the teacup ride? I do, yeah. I mean, it's the, it's the sort of week... My kids go on teacup rides. Yeah, exactly. So, so, it's for three or four-year-olds. For three or four-year-olds, and I was 12 years old. And what I should point out, I was on a high, because I'd been um, wanked off for the first time. OK. So, I was exceptionally excited, and I thought I could take on the world. Yeah. So, I jumped onto this teacup with this kind of, like, post-wanked-off, look at me, everyone. And um, everyone else started spinning me around. And um, I, I threw up. Yeah. And everyone called me Teacup and um, forgot about the fact that I'd been wanked off. And, yeah. You know, when I was 12, it was amazing. It's like, uh, I know there's a real air of, but I mean. It depends who I, wanked you off. It was the bloke oh, who sure, ran the ride. Sure. <laughs> then this is a very different story. The funny thing is, I'd have been glad of the, the attention. <laughs> but, no, it was, um, it was a young uh, lady. Yeah, good. Yeah, she, she was a year older than me. It was fantastic. And again, there's that weird tension, but I was 12, it was wonderful. Yeah. And it was ruined by me being sick on a fucking teacup. Well, you were very, a very exciting day for you. It was brilliant until that moment, <laughs> yeah. Can change um. my diary entry that night. <laughs> I talked to your sister about you. Uh, oh, yeah? She was on my podcast. Yes, um, and I was really pleased because you were... What's that? Someone was at my door at home. Do you want to see who it is? I'd love to see who it is. <laughs> That's the woman that whacked me off! <laughs> be, it might be, oh, oh it's is that one. your house? That's, that's, well, that's next door, then. Oh, right. I was going to say, lovely. Yeah. Does your house look like that? Looks better than that. Fabulous. <laughs> That's next door. I mean, what, we're going, woo, but someone made it into your house. What, someone is, someone has just walked past there. Oh, is that what happens? Yeah, and so it, sometimes and, it goes And it off. jingle jangles. Yeah, I turned it off on my uh, watch, but not on here. It's, it's nice. Got 
couple of emails. Do you want to just check your wife in yeah. case, in case she's getting trussed up, tied up to the radiator? It's going to be awkward. She'll be, she's at Pilates at the moment. Fine, fuck it. So it'll just be the, babys it'll be the yeah. babysitter who gets into trouble, so that's fine. Airplane mode, we should be okay. Lovely. I'll stick that down there. So we uh, haven't checked the sound and your phone's... <laughs> <laughs> it's going great. Yeah. It's going great in yeah. the new environment. I'm loving this. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So you spoke to my sister? Yeah, and she, you, you bullied her quite badly, you and you... It's because I'm her older brother, that's fine. <laughs> but Again, and also your younger brother, she, she, she was a tw she's a twin, right? Yes, So yeah. you've, got, you've got a brother... So she's the, yeah, she's the middle one, technically. Right. Um, so she's the older twin, she got bullied she's by the She's the older twin. And yeah. the older brother. Not bullied, but she just... She used to shoot footballs at her head or something. And no, tell her she went ball. in goal. Um, <laughs> and, listen, um, you know, I like to ping him in. And, yeah, that was just, like, why, why am I getting bullied for this? Um, yeah, we should play football and kick the football. We had a doll that we used to dunk in the toilet, and that was, you know, mean. But I love the fact that there's tension in the room, like, none of you were ever mean to your fucking siblings. <laughs> I can't believe you did that. I would never do that. I used to nip with my sister. <laughs> no, you know, we used to just... But we get on great now. Yeah. But when we were kids, we didn't really have a lot, because we had to muck out a rabbit, and it just drove me and my brother mental. Because <laughs> we ate this thing, and, um, and then the rabbit got myxomatosis, and Dad killed it with a hammer. <laughs> in front of her. And in front of her? In front of her, in front of my brother and me, and it was hilarious. <laughs> and it really was. It was just like, bloody hell, the animal's suffering, crack! <laughs> like that. And even, like, age nine, I was like, I don't know if that's the way you're going to deal with it. <laughs> but my dad's quite instinctive. Yeah. But <laughs> it was like three twitches. I was like, how do you get a hammer that quick? It's like a West Country Thor. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, so we had a, a fairly, you know, Unpredictable uh, family. Yeah, well, we, but a we, fun family. Yeah, which you've that used paints to... my sister, my, my dad in a bad light. He wasn't just randomly killing animals. <laughs> he, he was like, oh, he's suffering, crack. Yeah, it's a quick way to deal with it. Mm. You've you've done a lot of stuff where you've, you've acted with your sister in a, the she, girl, girl last Christmas. We yeah, did with her, but that's presumably based on your family to some extent. Yeah, it was. I wrote with Steve Williams, who so was a mixture of of his uh, story with his girlfriend and a bit of mine. And, and it was, like, my cousins and aunties all sort of blended together. And Kerry played my sister in it. And she was unbelievable. It was a, it was a really fascinating window when you kind of go, oh, wow, my little sister's a lot more talented than me. She was <laughs> so good. It really... We've all been trying to tell you. We've mm. been, been meaning to let you Mate. know. But it, you know, it was really cool. So you sort of see her and you're like, bloody hell, she's properly brilliant. Yeah. So it was, it was really lovely. And she was giving me, like, little tips because I'd never acted before. It was really great. It was cool. Yeah, well, you did. You were good in it. I was all you right. Play, I, well, I, I, did, I did a similar thing where I played myself it's going hard, back to my family. It? Yeah. yeah. And it, when you're with fantastic, no, exactly the same thing. When you're with the fantastic actors, it's suddenly oh. Yeah. God. Well, they're very good at being still. Yeah. And you realise that I'm a real fidget. Yeah. And I think you are too. I am, and also what I would do, or I got cut on getting told off for, was looking at the person whose line it was about to be. Oh, really? Yeah, because I'd written it as well. I didn't know I was doing it. Like and in the like, Timothy place. She didn't take me aside. The director just went, Richard, can you stop looking at the person who's about to talk before they say anything? What, were you like mouthing their lines? I mean, almost effectively. I might have even been doing that. Yeah. Ah, oh, nice. So, but you, you no, know, it's nerve-wracking that you've written something. You're yeah, it was. It, it was. Yeah. It it's very scary. Yeah. So it's, it's a very different. You know, it's amazing to get anything on TV, which yeah. you've been very successful at getting stuff on TV. Yeah. 
Um, and what was quite interesting is so much as you know, you were doing. I don't know if you'd, you must have started Good News when in 2012 when you were last on. 2009. Yeah. yeah. So we started so, yeah, 2009. Yeah, because yeah. I was there very early on, and then I got sacked for eating all the Haribo. Uh, and, uh, Do you know, the, no, the reason we, we didn't sack you, we just moved. Um, <laughs> just moved off. It's because you were too intimidating, is I the was. truth. No, you, it, it was that thing of like, because it felt like having this kind of wise elder in the room, it, genuinely, and we were all embarrassed to... to I was embarrassed to say, you. No, no, but genuinely. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was a bit like, oh, God, he's, t he's, too, he's done too many things. <laughs> So we kind of, look, we'd sort of wait for you to leave and then sort of say, this is what I was going to say, this is what I was going to say. We were just, it's oddly nervous no, it was, around you. It was the right decision. You've got a fantastic team working on that show. But, but like, so much has happened. You were doing this good news show all the way through all this terrible news that's been going on in the world. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's your fault. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> but by looking on the bright side, so many people are wow, let's make things much worse. See if we can throw Howard off his game. <laughs> But is, is, was it tricky to, to keep on... I mean, what I like about you is that positivity and that's something that's sort of always been there in yeah. your acts. Yeah. And, like... and that was presumably the idea behind this show, was to do a topical show that was looking at the good things rather than... Yeah, the... and we ran out of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, it's, and then, I don't know, it's just being younger and not being... I wasn't particularly engaged. And then the more the show goes on and now the Sky show is a bit more kind of... Uh, angry, I guess. And yeah. Like my last stand-up, I wouldn't say, like, I quite like talking about things and still trying to be funny. I think that the, the real enemy of satire at the minute is a lot of clap to, to like, do you know what I mean? Whereas I think it's really important to try and be funny. Uh, like, I did a whole thing about um, girls self-harming in my last, in my Netflix special, and it was really, you know, it was a big 15-minute chunk, and I was really proud of it, and it was talking about it seriously, but also there was funny bits in it. I find that more rewarding, Yeah, you know, the older I get to try and talk about things that aren't easy. When I was younger, I just think, oh, I'll just do that because it's sure. a little silly story, do you know what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah. Well, it is, I mean, I was, what, you do great interviews on your show and you have great guests on your show. Yeah. Uh, the, the one I watched today with Rob Delaney is extraordinary. Yeah, isn't it? I mean, you talked to Rob about the de death of his two-year-old, two, three-year-old son yeah. that happened about a year before. Yeah. It's an incredibly moving uh, interview, but you handle it so brilliantly as well. Well, what was incredible about that is that he wanted to talk about it. Yeah. So he, he kind of said, I really want to use your show to talk about grief. And I was like, okay. And, and we, we spoke for like an hour and right. it, was, it was unbelievable. And you realise the skill to interviewing is taking me like 10 years, is to listen. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But as a comic, you're like, me. <laughs> You know, <laughs> and but when he was talking so frankly and with such poise on such a difficult thing, you become very aware that there'll be people at home listening, that that this will mean a huge amount to them. That a, 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 a man talking very, very openly and honestly about grief in a way that people can connect with. So in a sense, I didn't really do anything. I just kind of go out of the way and let him be. Eloquent. Yeah. yeah, but it's but it's, but that, as you say, that is an imp important part of it. But I don't. It's, I think you got more out of him from the way you reacted to it because it's you again were honest as well. The difficulty with those subjects is most people don't know could never imagine. Well, you you spend as a parent you spend your whole life worrying yeah. about being in that situation, so you imagine it, but you know what you're imagining cannot be anything like yeah. the reality of it happening. But the interesting um, thing with it is that he, there was a bit where he said if if somebody has. Um, suffered a bereavement, then talk to them about it. 
And what I said is that we, don't worry, this is British, they, but you almost don't want to burden them yeah. with the pain. And then he said, not a burden. I'm thinking about it all the time. So just bring it up. And I think somebody talking like that probably helps people at home because they, they may know somebody's lost somebody yeah. and you, don't, you just don't know how to, to help them. Yeah. And if a guy going on telly talking about that does, it's kind of an amazing thing to do. You know? Yeah, and it's nice to be able to do it within a, a show that's... I mean, they're still, they were still very... It was some light-hearted bits in the interview itself, yeah. but obviously it's in, in, within a comedy show. I think it really is helpful to, to do those things. Yeah, definitely. It's on YouTube if you want to check it out. It's well yeah. worth checking out. And you talk to... Um, I saw one with Louis Theroux, which was very funny as well. Yeah, he's so, great. Yeah, yeah. John Ronson was fantastic yeah. talking about um, porn. Um, really interesting. He's a fascinating guy. He is, yeah. Lovely. We've had them all on here. Have you? Yeah, yeah, we've had all of them. We have them first, didn't they? If they if they pass that test, they can go on to you. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, you're getting older, I'm getting older. We are, yeah. Uh, you're not. It's not going to last forever, you know, for you. <laughs> on my life. Well, definitely no. your life. Yeah, yeah. But it sounds like, what are you, are you trying to offer well, me tonight? I'm just, I was seeing tonight as a bit sort of a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory opportunity, because your initials are RH as yeah, well. Yes. So I could, when I'm too old to do this and you're too old to do arena tours anymore. Yes. I could hand this on to, I'm just wondering if I, you want me to hand this on to you. Are you suggesting, yeah. are you suggesting a work swap? <laughs> I'm not a swap, because I don't want to do your hard work of... Touring around the country, I just, I'll be dead probably. I'll just retire. And you want me to do this? I just I thought I could give you, as a sort of Willy Wonka figure, yeah. give you, gift you this podcast. Not right away, I've still got some yeah. years in me yet. But, and other people... And you, your career isn't over. When your career's over, what I'm saying, yeah. and you can't get any work anywhere else, I, you can do this, it's what I did. Okay. And because your initials are RH, it would still work. It'd be, then they'd be happy because they just like shouting Rahela that's, that's the only reason they come. Okay. I mean, you don't have to take it. I'm just offering you the gift. That's all. It's like, but it's like Charlie Bucket going, "No, Willy Wonka, fuck off! I don't want your factory. I don't even." Imagine like... if that had been in the original <laughs> book. Fuck off, Wonka! <laughs> I don't even like chocolate. <laughs> I like Cadbury's. Slave labour. You don't pay any of them dwarfs. You piece of shit. <laughs> Anyway, it's there. the offer's on the That's table. Very, what what a lovely offer. That was a, like yeah. someone having a breakdown on a bus then. <laughs> I did see But I'm waiting, waiting, because I'll die. <laughs> you'll, you'll get on too. You can take it. We've got the same name, you know? <laughs> I did see It'd be an absolute pleasure. Thank, Thank you very good. much. I think you're good as well. I think Thank you're you. a good interviewer, so I think you could, you could fill my big shoes. Yeah. Um, size eight shoes. I've got 42 oh. European. Um, Still on that bus yeah. stop, aren't we? I saw you. You're going to do a song with them? I saw you. Where's the 42? I saw you somewhere saying you were 30. Someone was talking to you about doing big arena tours yeah. and all the work you're doing. So, yeah, I'm 35 now, so it must have been a while ago. Uh, and I'm 35. You know, but when I'm 50, I wouldn't be able to do this anymore. Yeah. I, I think you will be able to do it when you're 50. So not fuck you. Not arenas. Yeah. Nah. So why not? Because it's. I don't know. I, I, Tell me about arenas. What is a gig? Uh, <laughs> what's a gig like if there's more than 20 people there? <laughs> um, Tell me. Tell it, me the they're story. great. Yeah. They're really good fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I kind of, I know you're not meant to say that, but they're, they're brilliant. Yeah, they're really good fun. And um, yeah, I've seen, I remember seeing Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle in arenas and just going, wow, yeah, you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they're great, man. They're just, they have to be finished. That's the only thing. If, you, if there's like 12,000 people, it has to be quite, you can't really kind of 
improvise. No. That, that's the only thing that you sort of creatively sort of stand still a bit because it's too much of a risk. But I, all the gigs leading up to it, you know, they're I've amazing. been in the audiences of some gigs of that size, yeah. <laughs> Never been on stage. Uh, but it's something with some comedians, and I think like a lot of UK comedians, may, and it's interesting you pick American comedians there, because I think a lot of UK comedians maybe struggle with the concept in a way that... Because sometimes, you know, you, it's, you know, when you lose a bit of an audience in a gig of 100 people, yes. you don't really notice. Yes. But if you lose a section of 10,000 people, yeah. if they're distracted, you can like, tell that they're, you know, there's a whole sec suddenly a whole section of the O2 becomes distracted by something. Well, I did a gig at the Glasgow Arena and there was a fight. Right. Um, up in the gods. And you'd hear this like... Like properly, fucking do, fuck you, <laughs> fucking do, like that. Best guy, fucking, just be away, fucking right, <laughs> like that. And I've never got more into the English. And I was like, what, what's going on? There <laughs> was a lady down the front. that went, they're having a fight. Just fucking crack on. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, but I, but I can't. And, this, and it's still going on. Yeah, I'll fucking kill your mother, you fucking like that. Um, and it made the paper the next day. Right. It was like in the Daily Mirror that there'd been a fight. Um, so that's definitely, you know, can happen. <laughs> um, but I guess but then having said that, I, I remember doing a gig in Eastleigh when a bloke started on me. And nobody's ever started on me at a, in an arena. Right. But I was doing this 60-seater Jeff Whiting gig, and this guy just came up to me. I was like 19 at the time. And he goes, you've been sleeping with my wife. So I haven't been sleeping with anyone. <laughs> That's why I'm doing this, Jesus. Um, I got um, wanked off when I was 12. I got, I got wanked off when I was 12. There's been nothing since. Um, and, um, and he kind of swung at me and nobody did anything. And I was stopped trying to carry on. I was trying to do a bit about Craig David's week. And, you know, he met a girl on Monday like that. And I was kind of running around and this bloke was swinging at me. And um, then about sort of a minute later, because he was pushed out, a minute later, his wife just walked past. And I was like, you could have pointed out that we weren't having sex. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I was enjoying it, though. <laughs> <laughs> so the proof is you can have weird gigs. Yeah. I remember the oddest, the oddest experience I had in an arena, I think for the audience, was at the O2. And I did a joke and I got it wrong. So I did like, yeah, it's a spoonerism. I can't really know. Chicken, why did it? You know, like something like that. My brother was the only person because he'd seen me do the joke properly. <laughs> he knew that I cocked up. So I hear this. <laughs> and I went, in, I went, <laughs> I, I genuinely shouted at him. I went, I, from nowhere, I went, fuck you. I will knock your teeth out with a brick, right? <laughs> but these people didn't know that it was my brother. <laughs> They'd just seen a man laugh at somebody at a comedy club and the comedian really not respond well. And, <laughs> and then I explained that it was my brother and they were like, still a bit weird, isn't it? <laughs> um, but I just, he was like in a, I could see him in a box with all of his mates and they're all drinking. I could just see him amongst the 15,000 my brothers like that, sort of swearing at me. Mm, it was his highlight. Nothing, nothing excites my brother more than me doing badly at a gig, he absolutely loves it, honestly. Just, or anyone doing badly. My yeah. brother has always found that. We did a gig at the Ashton Court Festival and it's the most I've ever seen him laugh. There was a guy doing a routine about Celine Dion and a man got up and started urinating on him. <laughs> and, and he carried on doing the bit and my brother was, honestly, <laughs> like exactly, that's the correct response of that poor man and 
But my brother's like, yeah, he's got weight on him! And, yeah, so... And I guess if 15,000 people are all laughing at the same joke or all, you know, all, yeah. that must be an amazing it's thing great. as well. It's yeah. great, yeah. Just, like, when you get it going, it's, just, it's the same as any, like, to be honest, like, you know, a 200-seater, if you, if you get jokes working, and, like, because I'm working on my new show now, and if you can get things, I was at the Norwich Arts Centre, which is, like, 300, and it was so brilliant, because you go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the drug, isn't it? I yeah. think once you've lost that, 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 and I bet you everyone has it, from Connolly through to Dave Chappelle or, or um, uh, I'm trying to think, Amy Schumer, whoever, it's that bit when you go, oh, man, that's going to work, that. And I think if you lose that, that's when you're no longer a comic. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You, yeah, must yeah. Have, you know when you're getting a show together and you're like, ah, that bit's really... And, and when you have your mates, like other comedians come in, those are the bits that you know they're really great because you want to do them in front of your mates. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what but I mean? What is interesting, because I've, I haven't done stand-up for... I haven't written any stand-up, really, apart from the stuff I mess around here, which isn't really written, yeah. uh, for like a year. So I finished my last tour in June last yeah. year. It's June now. And I'm not really missing it. And I, but oh, I think really? any other time... in the Because I came back in 2004. I came back and you were sort of just on your ascent, really. And yeah. I gigged with you quite a lot. We gigged loads yeah, together, didn't we? Did, yeah, we did, weirdly. And, it was, you know, and you were amazing. And I remember coming back and going, oh, fucking hell, this guy... Because you were making stuff up out of nowhere. And every gig was different material, it seemed. It was, it was phenomenal. And so I was coming back sort of testing the water. And since then, I've loved it. And I've re I've, every year I've come back and I've wanted to do another show. Sometimes I've repeated a show and had a bit of a... Yeah. But I've always been writing material, but... but I you haven't... must have written so much. Yeah. Because the, it's so funny. You go, I haven't done stand-up. I haven't written new stand-up <laughs> for a year. Most stand-ups haven't written new stuff for 20 years, <laughs> no, Like, do you know what I mean? So it's that weird... I know, well, you want it, but, you know, I think I've heard you say this as well, but you want to keep going and you want to keep changing stuff, you know, and I occasionally, if a show's really... I brought a few shows back just because I'd never put, I'd never recorded them. Yeah. And, you know, and I also thought, like, 10, 15 years later, I might do these shows better. Yes. So I don't mind, you know, I occasionally redo a show, but really, once you've done it for a year, I, I think I did Talking Cock for two years and it felt, like, too long. Yeah. Um, and uh, so you want to move on and do the next thing. But it was quite... You know, I thought I would miss it. I thought I'd be really... I think this obviously scratches the itch and I'm still on stage doing this. But, but is that because you've, you've got a young family as well? Yeah, I mean, it's partly that. And do you think you're just kind of... It, that presumably is fun, reading them bedtime stories? Yeah. Do you, do you put all your stand-up energy into that? Well, I do make-ups. My, my, my... <laughs> do, do you make them applaud you into the <laughs> I know, my daughters are it's very dad. tough. You or... may recognise it from <laughs> Little Red Riding Hood. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter's a very tough audience, but she wants, she wants new stories. I make stories up for every night, different stories. Uh, but usually uh, she gets into a theme that she likes. Yeah. And the thing that I got into recently that I really regret getting into because it's very hard <laughs> to do stories about is that she's got... Uh, she likes dollhouses. I've made up... Somehow I got into the story where she had a doll's house of every house in our village in her room and at night time all the dolls came alive and were the people in the houses and she's the sort of the god of the, <laughs> of the village, which she likes a bit too much. So yeah. she's definitely going to be a stand-up comedian. But also it's kind of a difficult story to do anything about because she's... All you're really doing is stories of people in a village. And then if you can think of a way of getting the big Phoebe to come in and pick something up, then that's really all there is. And she loves, she loves it. And I find it really hard to improvise any more stories about I can't that. wait for that. My, so my sister's got a five-year-old and they're living with my mum and dad in the minute. And dad, it turns out, has an amazing ability at inventing stories. But all of my dad's stories that he tells his five-year-old boy are fictitious stories about me. Right. <laughs> doing terrible things. Yeah. So, but it's the time that I'd burnt all those people and 
the police tried to chase me. Yeah. And then I invented the helicopter and flew away. Yeah. So then I'm then with a five-year-old boy, and then he will kind of go, I remember the time you burnt all those people. (laughs) (laughs) So they do, my daughter, my daughter makes me to have her little brother who's like a baby, basically. Yes. Toddler. He's the sort of evil character in every story she loves. So he's always trying to mess things up. And she always goes, can you have a little Eddie in it as well? And then she comes up with worse things than I could ever imagine. But yeah, it's... But you sort of know, it's great. That's an audience where you know where it's worked or not. You I can tell when she's getting bored. And also, yes. the, the hits come back. So she'll, te- she'll keep reminding you of things that you've done that were good yeah. four months ago. But yeah, they're, they're not for public. So business. you're essentially like, um, you're like the Stones. Yeah. And you're trying to write new stuff. And they're like, just do brown sugar, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> Put on your trousers and do brown sugar. It is. I it think is. I'm going to be like that. I, hopefully, I'm lucky enough and we could have kids. But I think I'll be like critique it myself, I'll come back and go, it's not gone great then. It's very free for, you know, it sort of doesn't matter what you say, you're trying to get them to sleep yeah, really. So if you're, too, if you're too good at it, then they stay awake, that's the problem. But do you ever have moments where you're like, that was a good story, yeah. what is wrong with them? <laughs> <laughs> is it like stand-up? Yes. Do you like, do you, yeah, what's no, the definitely. point of performing in front of a crowd like that? Yeah. If you're literally giving it everything, yeah. there's magic, there's elves. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do sometimes tell her, yeah, she should appreciate what <laughs> That's good. You're getting married very I soon. Yeah, getting married on Thursday. Thursday? Yeah. It's, this is Monday. This is, this is my last thing. Yeah, it's very exciting. And I'm just putting the finishing touches to my speech. Right. Um, and it's all sorted. And my, my brother is my best man. Um, and it's going to be, yeah, yeah, that'll be interesting. <laughs> um, it's going to be really exciting, I hope. I winged my, my speech. Did you? Yeah. It wasn't a good idea. <laughs> what? I was bad, because also you're a bit drunk by that stage. <laughs> oh, great. And, I like uh, this already. But I've told, I've told this story a lot, but luckily my dad, just before I did my speech, my dad, there was quite, there was just, we entered quite a nice hotel for the, the reception, and uh, they had, like, little ch- tubs of, um, uh, what's it called? Jam? No, it was... Uh, what was that? Go on. Lip balm, you know, because he knows the story. Little tubs of lip balm on the table. <laughs> The little tips of lip balm on the table. Yeah. And hang, on, so you, dad... you, hang on, you're pissed and your dad's like, don't worry, I've got lip balm. <laughs> like, right. My mum turned to me and she said to me, your dad's just eaten the lip balm. He, he thought it was cheese. <laughs> <laughs> so luckily I had that, so that was the main part of my speech, was just <laughs> laughing, laughing at my dad. So, da- so... so he'd eat, he'd just, he just thought, why no, did they that... have such tiny amounts of cheese? I mean, why did they have lip balm is sure. another question. But... So, that's all good, but did you mention your wife? <laughs> <laughs> I've never think I've got onto us. Good. At some point, yeah. Seven, we've been married seven, and you've been married seven years, you can come back. Come, actually, come back in seven years' I will. time. Yeah. I'll I... be married 14 years, or to my second wife for about three years. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> oh, that's, the, that's the doorbell in my other house. Um, <laughs> that's the reason why we got to do two of these. <laughs> pay the mortgage. You're still working, boy. Um, yeah, it's going to be all right, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yes. It's a couple we've been together for ages. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, have you ever met my girlfriend? I don't think I have. I'm not sure she exists. <laughs> Reg D. Hunter met her years ago. Um, and um, my girlfriend said her name, and Reg said, there's a beautiful name. And my girlfriend explained what it meant in Welsh, because she's Welsh, and it means love. And Reg went, I knew you were in the embodiment of love when I first met you. 
so I stopped taking her to gigs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, like, I can't compete with that, for fuck's sake. Oh, so, oh, you just Touring that... with Reg Hunter, wow, that's yeah. fun, man. Uh... No, you'll, be, you'll, you'll, you'll like being married. It's the same as not being married, yeah. except, you know, much worse. I... <laughs> We've learned a lot because my girlfriend wasn't very well. She was in hospital for a bit, which is awful. And... Um... Yeah, the, the house fell apart without her. You realise that you love her and you cannot cope. Do you know what I mean? I thought I did a lot of stuff around the house. No. <laughs> <laughs> Me and the dog, we're like fucking Tom Hanks in Castaway. Like, <laughs> two days into it. Spearing fish with sticks. <laughs> yeah, a tuna mayonnaise sandwich. Because it was the only thing we could find. And we are on Skype and the dog's like... <laughs> <laughs> it's not going great here. Oh. Yeah, but it's going to be lovely. It's yeah, going to be a lot be of fun. And, and then, then we'll be a great dad. If you become a dad, that'll be a great thing. Oh, yeah, hopefully. I find it very nerve-wracking. You should. Yeah. The, but the idea... <laughs> but I, I, like, hopefully it's 95% her and 5% me because there's too much ma madness in me. I don't want to put my brain into a child's... Do you know what I mean? I think that would be a lot. Because as a job, this is just absurd. That, you know, I have to have strangers like me. Fucking hell. Yeah. yeah. Imagine a but kid. But that is sort of what that. being a kid... I mean, the problem is comedians are kids, and that's sort of what is being a kid is like, really. You sort of think... I look at my daughter and think, oh, she'll be a comedian, but she's just being a kid, so she likes jokes and she likes showing off. Yeah. Uh, and you think, oh, she's going to be a comedian. That's uh, maybe bad. Uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, she's just being a kid. Yeah. And, and we're just being kids, and that's the reason it, you know, it can... It, it's, it's all right. Is it all right? Yeah. Good. It's really good. That's your tip. Good. It's really good. They don't sleep very much, as I was saying to you backstage. Yeah. And so, like, I got to sleep till half six today, and I'm delighted by that. Yeah. Delighted. I'm not saying. Can't tell you how happy I am. My, my son slept two days in a row. He slept till half six. Oh, nice. Yeah. Quarter to seven it was yesterday. It was insane. And you get up early before them as well. I do, because well, I'm an old man. I have to do a wee. <laughs> and I have to decide whether it's worth going back to sleep. Um, it's weird you work for... Don't mess around with it. I was just fucking yeah. up. It's Sorry really never... Flash. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring that film up. Um, you were, you were played for Basingstoke Town, and you know in Basingstoke, <laughs> yeah. there is a park called the Russell Howard Park. Do you know that? I do. Known locally as Dog Shit Canyon. <laughs> <laughs> is it named after you, Russell Howard? It, it isn't. It, it's, uh, I don't know, it's named after somebody else, but there's lots of dog poo there, and I once saw a man. We were, um, we were playing, I was like 14, I was playing for Alton United, and we were like, can't play, there's a dog shit, and this player went, no, there's not. <laughs> and he threw it away. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the kind of standard. That's what happens in football. He was a mayor of Basingstoke. <laughs> Russell, Howard. Russell something Howard. Do you know there's a Russell Howard pavilion in uh, South Ham? Nope. Where's South Twelve Ham? £12 an hour you can hire it for. Oh, really? Yeah, South Ham. It's not Ham. bad. It's good. How big is it? It says you can hire Russell Howard for £12 an hour. <laughs> I reckon they're using that as a little... Yeah? Get people in and go, ooh, and then, oh, it's a hall. Oh, well. It's a hall. Well, it's like a oh, right, pavilion. Phew. Jesus. I... <laughs> <laughs> it's a pavilion. Yeah. Look out for it. Are there any places that, uh, that you're on? Is there a Richard Herring no. hut? No. <laughs> there's no... There's a... Now on Wikipedia, there's, there's finally there's that thing where it says if you want the other Richard Herring, click here. There's a Richard J Herring. What does I'm he do? I'm Richard K Herring. 
There's an economist in America called Richard J. Herring. Nice. There's yeah. a musician called Russell Howard. Is there? Yeah. It's got to be quite a common name, I guess. Yeah. Howard's quite a common Howard's name. Howard's here. Catherine Howard from off of uh, the... Uh, Henry King Henry VIII's yep. cock. Yep. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> was she the one who survived Catherine Howard or was she... Was... She was... No. She was off. No. The first heckle of the evening, five. I will not see Catherine Howard. <laughs> Divorced, beheaded, died, divorced, beheaded. Was she beheaded, Catherine Howard? Yeah. Yeah. And then he put her on a wheel. <laughs> and she went like that. <laughs> uh, Frankie Howard? Yep. I'm guessing the name people called Spelt Howard. Spelt differently. It was an E, wasn't it? Well, Sport of fun. <laughs> I was going to name like Howard from Take That. Yep. <laughs> Howard from the Halifax advert. We're back to the bus stop, aren't we? <laughs> That would be a very good podcast for you, because you yeah. don't do enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> bus stop natter. Do I mean, it mean? basically uh, is. It's basically stone clearing, that's what that is. It's just without the bus. Uh, and with lots of stones in it. You should listen to it, it's good. What's stone clearing? So, oh, you want to... <laughs> See, I don't know my way around the murky world of podcasts, but... I said stone clearing, and a sizable amount of people got very excited. No, I think, like, so, I think that was, like... Uh, trepidation about talking about it. It's where I go round the local field and I, I'm trying to clear all the stones off the field that I did walk my dog round. Hang on a minute, what, and you've been recording this? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because it's, some people will be interested. <laughs> <laughs> because it's an artistic project. Is it? Yeah. Well, hang on, so... About man's, you know, insignificance. It's, it's me versus nature. I play myself at snooker. That's the internal struggle between a man and himself. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Listen, we all have to struggle. Uh, yeah, we can all write a PR blurb, but, <laughs> like, are you all right? <laughs> Give me a call. It's a bad like, mental breakdown. You mad bastard. It's clearing <laughs> stones and recording it. You've got children, huh? You're fucking... <laughs> One. Two, three, <laughs> press play and record. <laughs> now, good luck to you. Thank Whatever you, you want to do, you fucking mad. <laughs> you went to Bedford Modern School. I did for one year. Yeah. One year. Bedford mm. was uh, was uh, Peter John Squire the head when you went there. I don't know. Oh. I remember finding it absolutely terrifying. I was nine. We lived in Flitwick at the time, and um, I had to wear an art smock, right. and there was indoor shoes, and I had to have a fucking briefcase for like a year, and it was so far removed, like. Literally, like, you know, sat down and kind of go, do you have a good weekend, Howard? My father <laughs> killed a rabbit with a hammer. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I did, I never felt less connected and I got bullied every day by a bloke who used to call me vacuum head. Every day. I didn't really look like a vacuum. <laughs> uh, he's like, all right, vacuum head, and he used to spit on me. It was horrible. It was yeah. proper weird. And he had, like, indoor shoes and, and there was always the threat of being, like, you know, fucked. So, <laughs> do you know what I mean? There's all these kind of horrible, oh, I'm going to fuck you in the shower. I said, oh, Christ. Yeah. Then I went to a, uh, a village school where there was bell ringing. Duh. So it was a bit of a change of pace. Yeah. <laughs> so we welcome you to <laughs> Property School. We hope you will enjoy your stay. I was like, excellent. No one's going to try and bum me in the shower, is it? <laughs> if I play my cards right, I might get wanked off in a couple of years. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it was weird. It's yeah. a very weird... Why is it called Bedford Modern School? Was there a school in Bedford that wasn't There's... very modern? There was Bedford School, um, yeah. and then there was Bedford Modern. We had, like, sort of a red thing. We had, like, caps. It was proper really? weird, man. Did you go to private school? No, I went to comprehensive school like yeah. a normal person. Yeah, totally. But that was it. <laughs> but for whatever reason, it was like... A bit like, you know, 7-Up, that thing, where, yeah. which is amazing. Is everyone watching that? It's just great, isn't it? Um, the, the, it was almost like my dad went, right, let's see if we can put him in private school for a year and see what that does. And then, obviously, couldn't afford it. And I was like, it's not for me. No. And then I went back to, you know, normality. It was weird, though. Yeah, yeah. Very, very strange. Yeah, it's... I, got, a, what... I found it too... It was too adult that suddenly, like, there was a thing called a disorder mark if you behaved irregularly. And we had to <laughs> read the Lord's Prayer. And it was like, there was still sort of hints of the cane and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. I remember once, like, I had to do this exam to get in. And I kind of passed it, and right at the end, this teacher kind of went, I, um, I, I put in that little maths trick at the end, just so you could enjoy it all. Did you enjoy that? And all the, all the other boys were like, oh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> and and I, I had just looked at that going, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> But yeah, it was pre we weren't allowed to wear pants um, when, we, when we played football. That was the kind of place it was. <laughs> And this, this uh, old teacher used to go around checking whether you're wearing pants or not. And you kind of go, oh, well, that's just what they did. Like, age nine, went, you're wearing pants? Yeah, because it's freezing outside, you fucking paedophile. <laughs> but, yeah. So not a happy time. I'm sorry for bringing it up. No, it's fine. But, like, but I, I often wonder what would have happened if I'd have, you know, stayed there. Thank God I didn't. But it's, it an, really... it's an odd thing. I mean, I know... Like... age nine to suddenly... Yeah. I think if you're sort of... If you, if you have... Families that are, that's what happened, and that's where you go, and I'll see you in the summer. Yeah. But my family were very kind of. Were you boarding there as well, or were you. Nah, nah, no, no, I used to just go there. Yeah. And so I used to get, I'd get chased by the kids who went to normal school on the way there, uh, and then get a bus, and then fucking leg it back, carrying a briefcase through town. <laughs> Tough. I remember once getting chased by a cat, and I was like, even fucking animals. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck off. Jesus. So, yeah, it was weird. And then I was so pleased when I went to, like, we moved to Rockley and I sort of went there. And, yeah, it's odd. It's very, very, I, but I guess if I'd have done that, I'd have just been a different person. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, you know, we weren't even allowed to play football at school. That was right. what, so it was just one of those, rugby only. And I was okay. like, God, my brain is in my foot. I need to be able to play football. I don't yeah. have academic skills. But, yeah. Well, it's a, you know, you could be the Tory leader if you'd, if you'd gone to public school. True, true. Like, I went to university with a lot of public school people. Yes. Uh, and how was that? Well, I find it very intimidating, for, you know, and it wasn't until afterwards I realised, well, A, you realise a lot of it's just that confidence that's been bred into them, so you don't have that in comprehensive school. You're not yeah. told that everything you do is brilliant. And yes. You're not taught to lead or whatever, you know. Yeah. And I went to a very nice uh, comprehensive school, but it still, you know, it wasn't... And I felt like... But did you feel, because it's that interesting thing, because a lot of people who go to a private school are just, you know, you know, obviously they're not all, they're not all dicks, that's a massive generalisation, but they, they have that kind of confidence. Yeah. And you, and as a generalisation of comprehensive kids, we all have that chippy fucking, yeah, but... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was this weird thing that whenever all the people that I know that went to private school so balanced and you meet them at uni and they're wearing blue shirts and <laughs> chinos and they're like, hey man, how are you? And they're lovely 
And then there's this weird comprehensive voice in your head going, yeah, but you should spunk on biscuits. Like, <laughs> like, that's always what it comes down to. Yeah, but like, like they ever did. Like that clearly never happened. And yet everyone in comprehensive schools, yeah, but you know what they do with biscuits? At least we don't have to eat biscuits with cheese on. Um, but, you know. I kind of feel sorry. I, so I do feel, I do, A, I feel sorry for, for them because I think it's a weird, you know, it's weird to have your childhood taken away in that way. Totally. And, and B, I think it's, you know, you are, you're judged for a choice that your parents made. You Absolutely. Know, well, and for the rest of your life, you know, and I get it a little bit because I went to Oxford and yeah. so people still, I've still people have that thing yeah. where they're going, oh, so, and you go, well, you know, I just got some good A-level results. Exactly. But, you know, that's, you still get that in, in reverse snobbery. Mm. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it is odd to not let your kids be kids or to put them through all that but then there's a, there's a gig at the Uppingham School yeah. that you've probably done as well. I think I have, yeah. The, and it's this amazing... It's in Lincoln. I think Stephen Fry went there. And you do a, you do a gig there. It's amazing. And I remember looking at the notice board about, like, the school trips. And there were all these amazing, like, ski trips and stuff like that. And you think, God, wow, what a life to give your child. Yeah. So that's the funny thing, isn't it? The older you get, you kind of go, oh, God. Yeah, yeah, but also, if you'd paid all that money to send someone to school, you'd be upset if they didn't get a fantastic job at the end of well, the university. Well, that's why I think about Prince Charles. You yeah. think of the money spent on Prince Harry's education, yeah. and he got an E in art and <laughs> a D in geography, you'd be like, my dad would have kicked the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I only had one year of private school. <laughs> hey, let's ask you some emergency questions. What am I thinking asking you about your childhood? You've got very scruffy handwriting. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm using a sort of biro uh, there as well, so it's not, I'm not good with a biro. What? Um, it's just one of your books, one of your many books. books. One of my many books. Yeah. What's the most expensive thing you've had eaten by a pet, other than a tuna sandwich? My uh, mum's dog Bert ate a whole plate of sausages once. Right. Um, and I think they were butcher's sausages. Right. And That's what dogs are meant to do, right? That's the <laughs> run down the street with a string of sausages. He in did, but he literally, he, wo he, uh, he wolfed them down. And, but he was an amazing, amazing dog. Um, he uh, once jumped out of a car, uh, travelling at 20 miles an hour, <laughs> like some sort of 70s detective. <laughs> <laughs> and he looked at my dad, right? He looked at dad like that, as if to kind of go, you know what I'm going to do. <laughs> and dad was like, ah, uh, like that, can't you know that? Ah, uh, fuff. And he just, <laughs> like that. <laughs> Like that. And mum was like, ah, like that. And he was perfectly fine. Yeah. My son was doing that. Like yesterday, I was pushing him along in a party in the garden and a little toy car yeah. with a little door. As I was pushing him along, he opened the door and get out. It was very similar. <laughs> very similar. Uh, this is a good question. I don't think I've ever asked anyone this question before. Okay. Question C636, if you're following along at home. This book's available in the foyer after the show. Uh, if an older version of you came back from the future and gave you advice about what you should do with your life, would you take the advice or assume that the you from the future was evil and trying to screw you over? Excellent question. Thank you. Do you know the, you know the weirdest thing about that is I've got a 10-minute bit of stand-up about that in my next show. <laughs> so I've got, like, a really brilliant bit, but then I won't be able to do it on tour. No, don't so do So what it. I'm going to need you to do is ask me another question. OK. <laughs> I am the you from the future giving you the idea to do that routine. That's what's happening. And I'm trying to screw you up because it's a bad routine. Uh, <laughs> Trying to... The thing is, if you come back from the future... Oh, do you want to answer it? I'm going to tell you. I'll answer it and see. You can use this if you want. All right. I'll, I don't know I'll, what it's going to be yet. I'll be 15-year-old me. Okay. You'll be Richard Herring <laughs> from now. Okay. 
The so, thing is, if it is you from the future coming back trying to give you advice yeah. to do what would be better for you, that means the you from the future won't exist anymore So because you'll take a different path. So the you from the future coming back will cease to exist. So it can't be in their interest to come back and give you that advice. So they must be giving you that advice because you were going to do something different that would mean that they weren't going to exist. So they're tricking you. That's the answer. There you go. Thank you. It's all random. Um, You've always been obsessed with time travel, haven't you? Yeah. I remember when we first met, you were you always used to go on about um, Goodnight Sweetheart. Yeah. <laughs> still do. I still do. Do you still, still do? do. <laughs> <laughs> but you knew the name of him and everything. Yeah. What, what's his name? Gary Sparrow. <laughs> That's it, yeah. I'm writing a sitcom uh, where with... Uh, with uh... I used to love that. It's, a, it's such a brilliant observation. Yeah. But yeah, why did he go back to that place? <laughs> so I was probably there when you started it. She's still knocking that around. Fucking yeah. lunatic, man. In my sitcom, the main character's called Phoebe Pigeon. But Phoebe was the name of Gary, so, and her, hus her husband, her boyfriend's called Gary, and she's called Phoebe, it's just the other way around. Good night, sweetheart. Look out for that when that never happens. <laughs> or maybe um, spend a bit more time writing it and a bit less time picking up pebbles. You'll all see, you'll be laughing on the other side of your face when I have a wall. It's <laughs> <laughs> named after me. No one will remember your stupid. Fucking routine about time travel then. Herring's wall, nice. Oh, let me. I'll, I had some written in the back here. Let me see. If, let me see what I'll do. I'll do something that I aren't even. I'm going to ask you one from here and all. You can. Are you able to explain what differentiates a Satsuma from a Clementine or a Mandarin? No, I'm not. I'm not. That's why I asked the question. <laughs> some of them. Uh... Oh look, I, there was a news story today about a man uh, who, on a flight from Pakistan who was looking for the toilet and opened the emergency door. <laughs> Luckily, when the plane was on the ground. Yep. But it still meant the emergency slides came out and they had to delay the flight by five hours. That's quite a big mistake to make, isn't it? I mean, you can never have flown in a plane before and also go, whoa, I wonder why they're making the toilet yeah, yeah. so hard to get into. Yeah. <laughs> And, really... and also, there's a lot of flight attendants, so presumably they <laughs> saw him doing that. And why did they not do it? No, they're let, like, wait, let's see how this plays yeah, out. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Just like holding on to stuff like that. <laughs> I've heard tell of this. So, what is the most unlikely thing you've ever mistaken for a toilet? Is it a shower in the gym? No. That's, that's for me. Most, no, I don't know. No. Um, you know, know, it's not always. Is there, is there, this is a question from, that came from the John Ronson interview, which you probably know about this, about John Ronson, that his last, one of his last podcasts was about tailor-made porn, where people who can't get the porn they want on the internet, unbelievably, yeah. pay people to make yes. the porn that turns them on. Yeah. What's that for you if you were going to have some porn? <laughs> you're going to have some porn made for you that isn't currently available. What would it involve? Do you know? <laughs> I... I would love to watch quite a lot of my friends make love. Really? Yeah. I don't know, I just... My friend Will Hodgson, who yeah. you'll know is a I comedian. know Will, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to watch you him. You want to watch sex. Will make love? Yeah. I just think the things he'd say would be hilarious. Would you like, all right, man, I'll fucking have you. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it would be good. It's very specific, but that's why it's would he, but Would he have to not know you were watching? So you'd... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that, so. that would put off... Sure, sure. The yeah, if I was stood there in the corner, like, you know, so, eating popcorn, <laughs> going, just, just do your thing. <laughs> so for the porn to work, Will Hodgson would have to be secretly filmed 
<laughs> making love with his wife. Yes, yeah. And then, I mean, would, they, would you I wouldn't, then, would To be you... honest, I wouldn't need the visuals. Okay, just the, the audio. audio would work. The so audio recorded. Just, oh, fucking hell. Like, but there's something about him specifically. Oh, fucking hell, man. <laughs> no, I'm not, uh, yeah, not, not really. Did I, you see? I was me joking. I'm not really. I don't know what my. What, what's your. It's a weird thing to off by Venture of Chris Dummies. Oh, really? Yeah, there's very little of that online. Yeah. <laughs> That's why none of the uh, dolls speak. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see Black Mirror, where there's a, the, in the new series, spoiler alert, people at home, it's happened a long time ago, you've had time to watch it. Um, they, play, they have a video game where you can sort of, you become sort of part of the character, you can feel like you're the character in the game. Right. And there's sort of fighting characters, it's like those old fighting games with the two characters fighting against each other. Yeah. And then there are two mates playing in different places but then they start kissing, the characters start kissing and then they start fucking, uh, one of them's a woman in the, in, in the game, and they start fucking and then they regularly keep having sex with each other. Do you think that should be considered cheating on your partner or do you think that should be, should be allowed? Because I watched it with my wife and she st thought that that was cheating. I love stuff like that. There, there was, um, I, I don't know, and it's a very similar question. There is a man, I don't know his actual name, he's one of my uncle's mates. Um, he's called Cuddly Bob. Right. And... <laughs> He likes cuddling people. He's lovely. Yeah, that makes him sound creepy, but he's like... <laughs> and he's like, here's a question for you, right? That, like, all my uncle's mates are always like... They've got these wild-eyed, like, proper, like, homemade cider, and it's like, fuck, I have three more of them and kill you, not know I've done it? Like, kind of guys. And he was sort of saying, if I travel back in time and I have sex with my wife, have I cheated on my wife now? <laughs> Because I've had sex more times than her here. Yeah. But I've travelled there. But I am cheek, because it's her, isn't it? <laughs> like that, and it's like a firework party. Yeah. And so I, I don't know. No. But I don't I... think it is. It's not cheap. If I wanted to have... If we were playing a video game together and we yeah. weren't even in the same room... Yep. And then, you know, we just started kissing in the game. Yep. And could feel it all and everything. Yeah, all right. Having, okay. It'd be yep. like we were kissing and having sex. You're like, please, yeah, uh, faith yeah. has changed, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Ronaldo's in me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's um, not, but we're not actually, it's only a sort of a matter, it's like having an elaborate wank, isn't it? It's the same as the robot, robot that my wife won't let me have sex with as well. Yeah. My wife's, that's the thing, you have time to get this in your marriage vows. Go, I promise, I, 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 promise. I, I won't have sex with any other one else unless they're a sex robot, yeah. that doesn't count. Or if it's one of my mates who are playing a video game and then we just start fucking in the video game. That's obviously not really us, so that's fine. A couple of people leaving due to the <laughs> offence, the offence cause. But they, somebody, I think they... Looks like somebody's dragging a sex doll away. I assume, so, I come I on, assume, darling, I'm not letting him have to speak about you like this. You can only assume that that couple, the husband has had sex with one of his friends in a video game. That's the, that's the only reason. They thought, we're going to go out, we're going to try and forget about this incident. Go and see some comedy. Ah, oh, they brought that up. They brought the one thing we were trying to get away from. There was... I know that there's a company in the UK, because we spoke about this on the TV, that they have made a sex robot. Um, Tell me more. And <laughs> they've given it a Scottish accent <laughs> to make it sound more desirable. And, you know, I mean, <laughs> French, Spanish, Italian, not Scottish, surely. <laughs> Fucking boomy. Right. <laughs> Absolutely not R2. Um, I just, I just, like, that, it, oh God, imagine if that becomes a thing. 
People are doing it. Yuck. Be great. Do you think? <laughs> I, think I think we're talking instant regret. I think you're giving it the big I am. I think one thrust in, you'd be <laughs> weeping all over your new contraption. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a podcast. <laughs> robot seduction. I'm, Hello, welcome to Robot Seduction with me, Richard Herring. <laughs> I would definitely have to podcast what it. What kind of dance like, moves are they? Oh, oh, you like them, baby. <laughs> For the listeners, I'm dancing really erotically in front of the robot. Are those pebbles in your fucking trousers? <laughs> How would you seduce a robot? Don't have to, that's the beauty of it. <laughs> would you really? Yeah. Imagine. Just come in. Right, I'm home. Oh, God. <laughs> Something about you rubbing your hands together. <laughs> Fucking Ginster's pasty in your mouth. Oh, yeah. uh, right, give me that WD-40. I'm going to go upstairs and <laughs> get a leather fucking hell. I think, no, I just, what if it, like, it's a bit, have you ever seen um, Wallace and Gromit, the wrong trousers? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Not that much. But what if it marched you out in the street? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Just like, look what he's got me doing. Just <laughs> you're kind of hanging off it. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> no, not for me, Richard. No, okay. No. <laughs> and that's a no to the wanking off the having sex in the. No, game. I wouldn't even have sex with you if you were covered in tinfoil. <laughs> but that's mostly for uh, okay. lightning fear. Yeah. Stick it in the marriage vows, that's all I'm saying. Just to cover, just cover yourself. What? Didn't the marriage vows just go, I, oh, I Jesus, promise... Oh, Jesus, I thought that was like a robot metaphor or something like that. <laughs> Stick it in the marriage vows. <laughs> Does that mean robot anal? Um, um, what a pig you are, but a lovable Thank pig. Thank you. I, mean, I wouldn't... Would anyone else have sex with a robot? Yeah, all of them would. <laughs> okay. Now, this is the worst possible audience you could have asked that question to. Obviously, the women do, but, you, you know... <laughs> These guys are just waiting until the robots are here. That's the only reason they're here. And then once the robots are here, bang, they, we'll never see the them again. The women have been having sex with robots for years. They have, yeah. They just snapped the finger off they and do, just yeah. left the rest of it in the shed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll be back for more when I need it. Oh, I was going to ask you this about your TV show. Hit me, sugar. Uh, I should have asked you it right at the beginning. Yeah. You know you've got those chairs that are like newspapers. Yeah. Do you want like loads of... Are you <laughs> I don't want them. Just often you're talking about something, getting something quite serious, yeah. and then you cut back and then you're all sitting on chairs made out of newspapers. And yeah. It seems too frivolous. Does it ever become awkward when you're sitting there going, oh, why are we talking about this serious thing sitting on some newspapers? Well, I think it's, sort of bit, it's a bit like, sort of like Michael Gondry. Do you know what I mean? It's <laughs> like that. It's just so lo-fi and so interesting and <laughs> just got to keep it the same. Do you know what I mean? We tried other chairs. It just wasn't the right vibe. Are they comfortable, those yeah, newspapers? Really, really are, they, are there any real newspapers on there or is it just all pretend? It's, or is it's, it all real? They're all real newspapers, but on the front of every cover, fake news has been written uh -huh. so that you don't show actual news stories. Okay. Because somebody would write in okay. and say, oh, like, he's talking about this, and yet there's a story about whatever. Yeah. Weird. So it's just, yeah. They're very, they're really nice. comfy. But yeah, everyone talks about them. That's the only thing. I so think they they're always... distracting. Sometimes I'm in deep into an interview and it cuts back. Are they in those stupid chairs? For... <laughs> <laughs> Get some normal chairs. Yeah. And I'm taken away from the interview by the chairs. Sure, sure. So, you know, you're being upstaged by a chair. That doesn't happen in my podcast. I'm just no. telling you. If you take over this podcast, don't bring your fucking chairs. With you. <laughs> That's okay. the one condition. No, I respect that, Willie. Thank you. If I'd been in the writer's room for more than four weeks, 
those chairs would never have gotten to town. I mean, we had them for the four weeks you were there. <laughs> and you said nothing. You just sat in the corner eating Haribo. <laughs> banging on about, come on, seriously, do you know what I mean? I mean, they look like women, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Right. I'm not on about C-3PO. I'm on about, like, can't tell. <laughs> That's how Richard normally talks, is like that. Yes, that's me. That's yeah, me looking at robots going, ooh. Right, we're going to go... I have to say, we, I did, the last time I saw you, and that's why I felt like I'd seen you more recently than that, because it that doesn't feel like seven years since we did this. It's insane. Um, I saw you at a scope gig last year. Yeah. Which was you're absolutely excellent at, but what I really liked about it, and this doesn't very often happen at any gigs, but especially charity gigs, is you turned up right at the beginning, even though you were going to be on it right at the end, and you watched everybody's act and you were really terrific yeah. with all the younger comedians. And I love, the... Well, I really love stand-up, that's the thing. Yeah. I find it so... But then you were the same when, when, you, um, when you came back. But no, but you, you didn't just rock up and do it. No. Just, I, I find, honestly, I love... There's a, there's a guy called uh, Jamali Maddox, who I think is brilliant. There's a girl called Rosie Jones, who I think is great. And, um, you know, loads of others. I just find it, like, I tell you, he's incredible. God, he's funny. What's his name? John Cairns. Oh, yes. Is the comedian I saw. And I watched his show twice in Edinburgh. And I, oh, man, I just, I absolutely loved it. What I loved about it, it was so left field. It was so deft. Every joke was just small and precise. And, but he was trying so hard to make anyone in front of him laugh. Whereas I feel sometimes, like, with more left field stuff, there's that kind of, you know, sort of trust fund comic where, like, oh, I'm not good enough for you, is it? Whereas, you know, a lot of comics, the gigs have to work, otherwise you haven't got any money. So you sort of respect people and crowds. Always find that thing of, oh yeah, do you not get that? <laughs> Fair enough. There's a lot of that that really yeah, yeah. winds me up. But he was so left field, but trying so hard to make anyone in front of him laugh. I just fucking loved it. Yeah. Also, nobody else could make it funny like he has. He's yeah. just got that, yeah, that ability. <laughs> you know, just, just from the, and I'd never seen him. And he just walked on stage and he was going, how much? Pointing at his shoes, how much? I don't know, and somebody goes, I don't know, 60 quid. He went, 12 pound off. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was sort of fiddling with the mic for about five, for literally about five minutes. And then he eventually went, tense, innit? <laughs> tense. I love him. If you, if you get the chance, yeah. honestly. But so that, that's why I've started going to Edinburgh again. Because for years I was afraid and I thought everyone would, um, you know, would not want me there and I would feel like all kind of mainstream and awkward and God, I'm not good enough. And then two things happen. You realise, wow, loads of people are shit. And, <laughs> like really shit. And there's loads of brilliant people and you realise where you fit in and you, yeah, yeah. you get to hang out with and people I think like you or people like Maxwell or, you know, Andy Zaltzman or whoever. And it's great. And you go, God, why, why did I impose this upon myself? You know, I think it's, it's, it's good to stay interested in comedy. I think that's, that's the thing. If you, if you lose your interest in other comedians and in comedy itself, yeah. it's what you were saying at the beginning. You, you won't be as good a comedian yourself if you're not interested in what you're doing. You're oh, I love it. Engage well. what you're doing. But also, I think it's so important to stay interested in what other people are doing as mm. well. And, mm. you know, and then not be threatened by it. Because well, it's not know, a threat. You know, it's not it, a threat. It's really, there's an amazing documentary about Gary Shandling that is exactly that, that it's like, don't be afraid of anybody coming up because they, they just help them. And, and honestly, I, I really love chatting with like new comics and like having like, so our writer's room has expanded and people have come in. Kiri Pritchard-McLean now writes on the show. She's amazing, really funny. And 
sort of views the world in a completely different way to me. And there's loads of young um, men and women that work on my show. And you just realize that they are, you need those people. Mm -hmm. you just, otherwise, you're just this kind of like bitter old, no, no, don't need that. It's better my way, do it this. So you, it, it's really, you can have your, you know, your world realigned by people rather than, you know, just not, not wanting to engage with them. Yeah, and you've always been honest as well, which some comedians aren't about, using other writers on your shows, because obviously you, I think you couldn't do your show nah. as, as a solo thing anyway. It would be impossible. And but, you, you know, you've always given the credit to the writers as well, which I think is amazing, because I think, you know, they're often programme associates. Well, this is the thing. And well, they, no one knows their writers and, you well, know. The reason, on every, sh every other show, except for mine, they're called programme associates, which means that you don't have to pay them um, the, the correct amount. Whereas if they're writers, they have to be paid more. So that's why they're called program associates. But program associate always means writer. And also, the first time I did the one show years ago with Adrian Charles, and he said, do you do all this on your own, do you? And I didn't know why, I was all nervous. And I went, I do, yes. <laughs> and the guys were in a room, and um, I, I kind of came back the next day and I apologised, and I was like, I'm a fucking piece of shit. I'll never do that again. So I always mentioned Steve Williams and Dan Atkinson, Carl Minns when he worked on the show in Kerry, because it was that thing of like, to save my fucking ego, I sold people that write the show with me and it just disgusted me. So I kind of, you know, since then I've always done it. So yeah, that's well, why I do it. Because I couldn't do the show without them. Like yeah. Steve Williams has been there from day one and is just amazing. And that's why Steve Hall, who I also write the show with, and Steve Williams support me on tour. And um, it's great, so I get to see my mates do a readers and I kind of really get off on that. Not as much as if I was watching Will Clark. <laughs> <laughs> kind of enough. Yeah, that's good. I've really enjoyed this, man. Good, it's, um, it's of, lovely it's to have you back. everywhere. Yeah, in a way, that's We've done too long. About. We've done just about a little bit too long, but enough. That's all right, isn't it? So yeah, we've done right. There's a clock here. They don't have that at the Leicester Square Theatre, do you? Clock. I mean, is that where you left? You yeah. <laughs> I'm, going back in the, I'm going back in the autumn. I'm just doing a tour, it's lovely. Uh, look, it's so lovely to have you. Come back in seven years' time, let me know how your marriage is going. And uh, thanks for coming. Like that. that's, that's how footballers show. Yeah. You go uh, like that, and then, then you go like that. Ooh. Oh, sorry. You're right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Russell Harris! Thank you. Bring that for next week's show. Thank How do you like them sky potatoes? <laughs>